The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Grace and peace to you this morning. It is a, a joy to be gathered with the saints on this beautiful Lord's Day. If you have a, a Bible with you, I invite you to open it to Psalm 22, Psalm 22. And so over the last few weeks, we have been journeying with Jesus to the cross. And this morning, we're going to uh, arrive uh, there at the foot of the cross, and we're going to spend our time together re- reflecting on the cross and, and looking at some, some passages which help us to do that and uh, several of these passages are from the Old Testament, passages that anticipate what is to come. And Psalm 22 is one of these passages, and so we'll begin in verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And you, our fathers, trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were rescued. And you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb, You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a pot shirt, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and glow over me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. For I decide to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Those are powerful words uttered by the Apostle Paul. You know, think about being so devoted that you are only focused on knowing one And only one thing. Paul understood the significance of the cross of Christ. He understood that that everything else is meaningless 
without the cross. Because the cross shapes our lives as Christians. It is the lens in which we see the world. It is the means of our salvation. And this is why we say the cross is central to the Christian faith. Because without the cross, there would be no Christianity. Well, since the cross is so vital, it is important to consider how we view it, how we look at it. You know, Scripture speaks of the cross in different ways. Jesus is glorified on the cross, we're told in the Gospel of John. When he is lifted up, he draws all people to himself. Our salvation is dependent upon the cross. Jesus' sacrifice is the greatest act of love that this world has ever known. At the same time, it is also a torture device. A cruel means of punishment. And those who hang on a cross are cursed. And the cross reminds us of everything that is wrong with this world. An innocent man was crucified because it was the will of the people. And so the cross can be viewed in different ways depending on, on which scripture is being emphasized. The, the beauty of the cross and the ugliness of the cross are both important. And we learn important lessons from both of them. And we must be mindful that we do not neglect either view. You know, in, in our culture, we tend to emphasize the positive elements of the cross. We, we see it as a, a symbol of salvation. We wear it as jewelry and we decorate our homes with it. And, and many people probably look at a cross nowadays and, and just never think about death. They may not even realize that the cross was a torture device. And we don't like to, to think about death. We don't like to talk about suffering. You know, we'd rather focus on, on, on all the blessings that we get from the cross and just skip over the, the pain and agony that, that Jesus endured. And there will even be churches in America that, that preach on resurrection next week without ever mentioning the cross. How is that even possible? Because the reason that Jesus has to be resurrected is because he was crucified on a cross. And those two events go hand in hand. But, but some people are, are so focused on the positive that, that they will never mention Jesus dying for the sins of the world. And that's a problem. Because there is no gospel without the crucified Savior. And so before we hear the, the good news of the resurrection, we must spend time meditating on the sacrifice of the cross. And one of the greatest meditations on the cross was written before Jesus ever took on flesh and walked this earth. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 5. And the prophet says, He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. 
surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Uh, these are strong words. Jesus was despised and rejected. Just think about that. The God of the universe was despised by the people that he came to save. The creator was rejected by his creation, and yet that did not even stop him. His love for us is so great that, that he continued on with his mission. And he died for us, but we need to recognize the pain and agony that, that, that Jesus endured on our behalf. And from the cross, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this is the cry of one who has been rejected, one who has been despised. This cry is a lament. Isaiah says that, that Jesus is a man of sorrows. Jesus came face to face with, with everything that is wrong with the world. He was an innocent man that was put to death. And the cross, one of the things it does is it shows us what humanity is capable of. What are we capable of? We will torture an innocent man. We will put to death the very person who comes to help us. And I say we there purposefully because we are all implicated in the death of Jesus. Every one of us. Why? Because he died for our sins. And when we read the accounts of the crucifixion, we should at times picture ourselves in the crowd as they chant, crucify him. And as Jesus looks out upon this scene, he becomes a man of sorrows. Because these are people who bear the image of God. And they've turned their backs on the living God. They've spit in his face. They've mocked him. They've called for his death. The despised and rejected Jesus laments what has happened to humanity. He, he grieves what this world has become. And this is a terrible scene. But it's not the only scene like this. Humanity has not gotten any better. The world has not changed much. And so Jesus continues to lament the circumstances of our day. And sometimes we are even a part of it. We are responsible for the ugliness that is present in our world. We sin. We fall short. Now, now it's important that we understand that, that, that Jesus, that this does not cause Jesus to love us any less. He still loves us the same. 
Paul tells us in Romans that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Jesus loves us no matter what. But he laments when we do not live as we ought to live. And Jesus does more than lament. Isaiah says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. One of the most radical things to ever happen, ever, ever happen, was God took on flesh. He was born. He he walked this earth. He had a physical body, just just like you and I. And and this was difficult for, for people to wrap their mind around. You know, one of the first heresies... Uh, the, the church had to deal with was the belief that Jesus did not come in the flesh. And this heresy pops up while there were still eyewitnesses to, to Jesus that were alive, people who had ate with him, people who had touched him, people who had been with him. Why would people deny that Jesus had a physical body? Well, it's easier to explain a spiritual God than it is a God who bleeds and who dies. It's easier to make sense of a spiritual God than a God who takes on flesh. And this was just mind-blowing to the ancient world. Now, we have grown accustomed to this fact, but it's still just as incredible. God bled for us. God was pierced for us. God died for us. And when we consider Jesus being pierced for our transgressions, we must not forget that those piercings do not go away. The resurrected Christ still bears the scars of the cross. And that's pretty amazing because what is resurrection? Resurrection is redemption. It is a renewal. Our resurrected bodies will be better than they are now. But Jesus' scars do not disappear. And they are there to always remind us of the sacrifice and love of Christ. We will never forget the cross. The scars of the one who was pierced and died for us will be present for all eternity. You know, Jesus was aware of what was going on while all of this cruelty was taking place. And you know, if, if this were to happen to one of us, we would object, we would protest, we would scream, and we would fight. But Jesus does none of this. He is despised and rejected. He is beaten. He is nailed to a cross. And what does he do? What does he do? He says, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And all of this is an act of love. You know, the cross is both horrific and beautiful. And when we meditate upon the cross, we should feel the weight of our sins. It was our sins that nailed Jesus to the cross. We are responsible. We are guilty. We had a hand 
in, in the greatest act of injustice this world has ever known. How can we live with ourselves? We can live with ourselves because as we are overwhelmed with our own sin, we remember that it is at the cross that our sins are taken away. And so our our sins put Jesus on the cross, but it was Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that took them away. And Jesus' love is greater than our sin. And the cross also helps us overcome our sin because it reminds us of how we are to live. You know, why, why do we sin? What is the cause of most of our sin? It is selfishness. We're thinking of ourselves rather than thinking of others. We, we choose our desires, our pleasures over love. And Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was the ultimate act of love. It was complete and total unselfishness. Jesus gave himself. He gave his body, his flesh for you and me. And becoming a Christian means that we receive the the benefits of the cross, those great and wonderful benefits, the the blood of Jesus that, that cleanses our sins. But it also means that the cross now becomes our way of life. And so we give up our sinful ways. We turn away from selfishness. And we begin to live for others just as Jesus did. And the cross gives us a brand new lifestyle. It invites us to to live for something that is bigger than ourselves. And so this new mission brings us joy and happiness. Because we transition from being inward focused. that This world revolves around me and it's all about me. To being outward focused just as Jesus lived his life. And it is important that we acknowledge the the suffering and death of Jesus because if we don't, uh, we miss out on another great blessing of the cross. When we think of the cross, you know, we we, we tend to focus on salvation. Um, On the cross, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And salvation is central to the message of the cross, but it's not the only blessing that's associated with the cross. There are many others. Jesus suffers and dies, and because of this, he enters into our suffering and our death. And what this means is that we're never alone. Never alone. One of the greatest questions to be posed is, why do we suffer? Why do we suffer? And this is a question that all of us ask at some point in our life. It's it's a question that, that the greatest thinkers in this world have spent much, much time deliberating on and, and, and meditating on and thinking about. We we all suffer. And we all want to know why. And it's a difficult question to answer. It is a a complex question and it deserves a complex answer. 
It's not to be taken lightly. At the same time, we must recognize that the answer to the question of suffering is not an answer at all, but a person. Jesus enters into our suffering. And whenever we suffer, he is there. He is present with us. He understands our pain. He knows what it is like. And we never, never suffer alone. The cross is good news. But it's also important that we spend time reflecting on on everything that Jesus has done for us. And we must not skip over the pain, the rejection, and the death just to quickly get to all the benefits. If we move too quickly, we we miss out on on all that Jesus has to offer. We know too well that, that life is not a bed of roses. It is a journey with peaks and valleys. And we need to know that, that Jesus walks with us no matter if we're on a mountaintop or if we are in the valley of the shadow of death. And reflecting on the cross will prepare us for the, for the moments of pain and suffering that, that we all face in life. Isaiah says that Jesus was a man of sorrows. This was not the only emotion he felt, but it was one of them. And too often in our modern culture, we try our best to avoid sorrow and lament. Although the Psalms are filled with laments, they are absent from our hymn books. The people of God have sung laments for thousands of years, and we have only recently decided they're not necessary. We don't need them anymore. Just take them out. But I want to suggest that lament is an important part of our faith. That that we experience suffering and tragedy, and and this deserves our lament. We, We know that there are things that are not right in this world, and this should cause us to lament. On the cross, Jesus turns to Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is a lament. So as we prepare for the celebration of the resurrection, I think it is important that we first focus on the events that that lead to that glorious moment. And we should reflect on, on what those early believers felt. Put ourselves in their shoes, what they felt as they watched Jesus being crucified And they walked away from the cross in despair. And we should never forget what this world is capable of. And we should remember what our sins did. And so this morning, we're we're going to do something different. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing a song. And after the song, I'm going to come back up, and I'm going to read a scripture. And then we're going to be dismissed. And I ask that we remain silent. When you leave the auditorium, uh, don't say a word. Leave in silence. Now, once you get to the foyer, feel free to talk. But um, 
I, I want us to experience for just a, a few brief moments what it was like for those early believers to watch Jesus die and then to walk away mourning the death of the Messiah. Let's pray. Father, we come before you confessing our sins. We are guilty. Our sins led to the death of your son, and for this we are so very sorry. We have caused you pain, and we, we ask for your forgiveness. Be with us as we strive to redirect our lives to fulfill your purposes. Fill our hearts with the love of Christ. We are truly amazed by his example. May we put to death our pride, our selfishness, so that we will be more and more like him. We're so thankful for his willingness to go to the cross, even though we did not deserve it. We're so thankful for those many blessings that we receive from that sacrifice. Our forgiveness of sins. May his sacrifice serve as a reminder of how we are to live our own lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.